Hello, March 26, 2021, at about 11.24 in the morning. This episode is called, I'm not where I'm going to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. I'll say that again. I'm not where I'm going to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Now, can anyone say that they have arrived at their spiritual destination of being Jesus perfect? Can anyone say they are Jesus perfect? I said perfect, not perfected. Being perfected means you have everything you need to live a godly life thanks to Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. This is the one verse that made me realize that you can live the life. And people say, oh, you can't live this life. You can't live the Christian life. You can't live godly. This is the one verse that really got me so interested in the word of God and how to live, how to live right. This is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14 from the King James. For by one offering, he has forever perfected them that are sanctified. Now, King James, I know that's old English. I'll say it again. For by one offering, he has forever perfected them that are sanctified. So by the offering of Jesus on the cross, he has forever, not, he has to do it every six months, he has to renew it. Every year, every couple of years, he has to renew it again. It says he has forever perfected them that are sanctified. Sanctified is an old-fashioned word for set apart. Just like being holy is today. Set apart for God. So So let's put it this way. Because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, that one time, he has forever perfected them that are set apart for him. So that means you have everything you need if you're saved. You have everything you need right now to live godly. So no more excuses of I can't do it. It's too hard. It's impossible. Nobody can do it. No. There's no excuse. And to back that up, his 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7 and 8 from the NIV. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. That bears repeating. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, the NIV. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift. Because before that, he was talking about um, how God has blessed us in heavenly places and stuff. And how God has, has lavished his love on us. I believe that's some of the things he said. If not, he's still saying that everything Jesus has done for us. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift 
as you eagerly await for the Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end. Gotta believe that. He will also keep you firm to the end. So that you will be blameless on the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now if you believe that. Well you need to believe it because he said it. <laughs> so where is it really room for backsliding in that? Listen he said he will also keep you firm to the end. So that you'll be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if he's going to keep you firm, where's the room for messing up? Oh, I just thought of something there. Now you can discuss that if you want, but uh, the Bible kind of clear. Now, excuse me. It's too bad. It's too bad about the church world it doesn't believe these verses or they view it as a lifelong project then because of that our faith is not as strong as it should be verse 7 says that we as saints of God we as saints of God like nothing as far as spiritual gifts go now that does not mean that you have all the nine gifts spoken about in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. But a born-again child of God has everything they need to live godly in this jacked-up, crazy world. Many of us have come a long way. And if we can see the unseen dangers that Jesus has kept us from in our lifetime, we probably think we're not what we're going to be in Christ, but who wants to go back to that previous level of, say, 10 years ago? In Romans chapter 6, verses 20, 20 and 21 from the NIV. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the thing you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. Now, that. There's a lot you can get out of those two verses. When you were slaves to sin, if you're saved, you're no longer slaves to sin. He said, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. So righteousness has a certain control to it. When you would do wrong, right is there and makes you do right. There's a certain control of righteousness. It's not all up to us. Well, well, am I going to do the right thing? Or am I not going to do the right thing? If you have the spirit, there's a certain righteous control, rather. There's a, right, there's a certain control that goes with righteousness. That's why you can do the right thing. Don't pat yourself on the back and say, I did the right thing because I'm so great. No, the control of righteousness, which you're saved, has you because you're no longer the slave to sin. So something else is out of control of you. That's righteousness. Then he goes on to say, what benefit did you reap at the time from the things you are now ashamed of? In other words, 
when you were slaves to sin, what was so great about all the sin you would commit? That now you're ashamed of it. Now that you're saved, you're ashamed of what you should do. Oh, I should never, you know, I should never been taking up drugs. I should never been uh, beating up my girlfriend. I should never been uh, abusing this and cussing out people and getting into fights. I should never been yelling at people. Whatever you were doing in your sinful life is that now if you're saved, you're ashamed of all that. And then the last part, he says, those things that you were doing, they result in death. So don't tell me sin does not put you in hell. Yes, it does. He said, those things result in death. And even if it's not uh, physical death, or shall I say, even if you think that you're not going to hell, it can result in the death of your body. If you were one taking drugs, you could you could have died, but God kept you. If you was getting into fights, somebody could have killed you during the fight, but God kept you. Those things would eventually result in death, and if you died, you know where you were going. Don't tell me a saint could be involved with drugs and beating up people and beating up, beating up whoever and getting into fights and they still go to heaven. Don't tell me that. If you've been involved in that, it says those things result in death. And so I don't think death leads you into heaven. Now, if you feel that you were strong then, those 10 years ago, if you feel that you were strong then, then all I can say to you is, uh-oh, what happened to you since then? If you can thank God that he kept you from those 10 years ago to now, let's say, and you should shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is a keeper. You don't have to walk around on eggshells trying to die every fussy eye and cause her cross their fussy teeth. The spiritual words from God, however, we are commanded to keep all of it. You know, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of prestige that the mouth of God, that one. In other words, stop trying to be fussy perfect and concentrate on being obedient there's a few verses that would go good here, but I'll paraphrase one or two of them. But also, I'll give you the address so you can make sure that I'm not making things up. Talking about being obedient. First Kings chapter 15, verse 22. In short, it boils down to this. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I'm not going to tell you the story behind that. You can read that for yourself. 1 Kings chapter 15, verse 22. Obedience is better than sacrifice. St. John chapter 14, verse 21. He who has my commandments and keep them is the one who loves me. 
Ouch. Now, if you take that lightly, you're missing it. Take away what it said. Listen to it again. St. John chapter 14, verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. So what do you think that's saying? I'm not even going to go into it. Let you figure it out for yourself. You're smart enough. Here's Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. Hmm. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. So as you can see, God is expecting obedience from us. Not a report card on how good we've been. Are we supposed to live godly? Or we covered that? Yes, we are. Are we supposed to have good works on our spiritual resume? Yes, of course. But it's not of works lest anyone should boast. See, the works are designed to do after a person gets saved. And which those good works show the love of Jesus. So don't put the cup before the horse. Don't think that doing good works put you in heaven. No, it doesn't. Jesus told Nicodemus he was born again. And I think it's in First Timothy or somewhere that God has ordained us to do good works. Or I think it's Ephesians. One of them is that God has ordained us to do good works. After we are saved. Because that will show the love of Jesus to people. I'll put it to you this way. One preacher, Rabbi Schneider, said it this way in one of his books. People people can do good works, you know, and they're not saved. You know, they help their fellow man. Or, like, I think the example he used was a mother could love her son even though she's not saved. And she'll do anything for him. But he said, at the end of the day, if she's not saved, she's still in bondage to sin. So people can be nice all they want, but if they're not born again, according to what Jesus told Nicodemus, you have to be. And the Bible, New Testament, talks about us being born again, being children of God, what makes us children of God. So if you're not that, he said, at the end of the day, you know, feeding him and hugging and kissing him and whatever and sacrificing things for him. He said, but at the end of the day, if you're not born again, you are still in bondage. You want to get free. So it's not about good works. If you don't know, sorry, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know God on the, in, on the have that relationship with him, those works are not good enough. So, so you say, well, why do they do good works in the first place? Well, everybody is made at the image and likeness of God. So there's a bit of God in everybody. So they do good. They may do good. They see somebody had a, a hurricane hit their house, a tornado hit their house, and they want to help. So they rebuild the house for the person. They invite them over for dinner 
to have a meal or something like that. Yeah, those are good things because we're made at the image and likeness of God. But at the end of the day, if you're still not born again, you're still not born again. You're still in bondage to sin. Satan can still have you do certain things that you don't want to do. What about what I said earlier? You're a slave to sin? You don't want to be a slave to sin. You want to be in the control of righteousness. And doing a few good works does not mean you're under the control of righteousness. I don't know if I can make it clearer, but that's about as clear as I can get it. Now, forward, going forward, and going up is the way we need to go in God. See, yeah, yeah, we can look back at times, but if you all use that time to remind yourself of how far God has brought you from, don't let yourself get into a, one of those shoulda, woulda, coulda pity parties. See, that's what happens when you dwell in the past. Let me add this. This is what this new generation, well, not all of them, of course. This is what this new generation are trying to do. Their plans, just really the devil's plans behind the scenes, include things like, and you probably heard some of this, they want to rewrite the past and make it politically correct. Cancel culture is real, and many are getting steamrolled in the process. You probably heard this too. The pronouns that have been used for centuries, like he and she, are being replaced with words like them, just because of a few transgenders. And they say things like, oh, take down those restrictive Ten Commandments. From all the federal buildings. And they claim that also the generation says, we need more rights for the LGBT community. Now, this isn't a coincidence. This is the imminent war that's building up between good and evil and between God and the devil. That's what's brewing. Now, I'm getting it tough. Maybe a ways off. But the armies are getting the soldiers ready for battle. Fairy tale? Okay. Just keep living. Can't you tell something is growing? The confusion and so many opinions that's going on, the falling away from spiritual principles, the rush to redo America. A small amount of planets, no matter who they are, can get multi-million and multi-billion dollar companies to bow to their demands. It's ridiculous. Just a few complainers, no matter who they are, can get multi-million and multi-billion dollar companies to bow to their demands. Now, this may seem small now, but after all, 
there are approximately 330 million people in America. So it's going to take time for me to notice. Somebody might say, I didn't, know, I didn't notice that stuff going on. It's going to take time. You'll, you'll notice that the while, don't worry. Uh, let me see. I keep going on with that, but I'm not going to. Now, because of those rapid changes that are happening in the culture, it should make us glad that we're not the same as we were 10 years ago. As a person I knew who was tense willing to be with the Lord, this is what she said when I told her of the attack on Dr. Seuss. The first attack. Remember, the first attack was, there's not enough picture, people of color in his books. Oh boy. This is what she said. Let the world fight over that stupid stuff. Saints are getting caught up or leaving all that junk behind. Now that may not be verbatim, but it's close. I myself have felt like I was in... Excuse me a second here. I myself, I felt like I was in cocoon for a long time, but yet I'm still not freaking out. Most times I want to go to the top of a mountain and scream, but I've got to keep my face together. Yeah, currently I still feel like I'm in cocoon, but I'm not giving up. Now. The born-again race is not skittles and ice cream. But since without faith it's impossible to please God, I have to hold on to it. I have to hold on to my faith. And so do you. See, we're never alone, though. It may feel like it sometimes, but we're never alone. But like someone once told me, if God let Jesus suffer like that, who are we to complain about anything? He served as a man who could feel pain. He didn't come to earth as an angel, in angel, angel form. He came in fashion as a man and was obedient, even to the death of the cross. That's Philippians 2 and 8. Many saints don't want to suffer. However, it's part of the journey. Without going through trials, we won't grow. Remember the scripture that says I'm like when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So when you're weak, say you're strong. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. You know I like to get Bible, so you don't think I'm making that up. There is always a lot to be thankful for, and you don't have to wait until Thanksgiving dinner around the table to say what you're thankful for. It's an everyday occurrence. For example, do you have breath? Some people have asthma. Do you have a warm, cozy bed to sleep in at night? 
Some people sleep out, sleep out in the cold. Do you have food to eat every day? There are famines all over the world and they're increasing. If you live in America with all problems, you still know there's no place you'd rather be living in. Now, unfortunately, Donald Trump said something that is true. I'm not saying unfortunately it's true. I'm just saying he said something that's true. But because it's him, and most people don't like him, because of him, it was taken as an insult. But believe me, many people share this sentiment, but they're afraid to say it. He said, if you hate America that much, leave. I'll add this, save up your money and buy a one-way ticket to a place you love to live. Maybe in the Caribbean, or the Ivory Coast, or Australia, or the Fiji Islands. Now, I'm not trying to be sarcastic, and I'm not saying this is anger or hate. I mean, after all, aren't we as a culture always telling people to do what makes them happy? Well, who wants to listen to someone whine about their hatred for this country? Not me. But spiritually speaking, if you hate this place now, just keep living. Like I almost always say, if America doesn't turn back to God sooner than later, you're really going to hate this place. For those of you that hate it. So why? Alright, well, ask yourself, are you spiritually ready for this? Wars and the the continual rumors of a potential war? Ready for that? Are you spiritually ready for the worst thing of things that go on in the government? Are you spiritually ready to handle that? Or the small amounts of people protesting the most minute, unimportant issues that will make money loving big businesses without a spine buckle and give in? Ready for more of that? There's small amounts of people who protest for the most minute, unimportant things. That's going to make these money-loving businesses who don't have a spine, it's going to make them buckle and give in to them. Oh, you don't like that? Oh, I'm sorry to offend you. Okay, we'll take that off the shelf and lose $50 million for the year. Or all the stupidness that was going on. Now, okay, I didn't know, I forgot I had this here. I'll give you some small examples. That was one of them. First one, there's no more Washington Redskins after 50 plus years. So I guess it's a matter of time before the small amounts of people go after the Kansas City Chiefs, the Cleveland Indians, the Atlanta Braves, Tomahawk missiles and anything they find offensive. Just so you know, the primary reason in the first place 
Geneva team like that, like the Kansas City Chiefs or the Cleveland Indians and the Braves, it's so that you can put fear in other teams because they're so successful and because, how do I say it? It's more or less a sign of admiration, not racism. Duh. But the new generation thinks it's racism. No, it's admiration for what they did, what they could do. But they don't get that. They don't say that. But the older people, they remember. They, they know what they're for. Here's another one. Like I said, these are just small examples. The perm, so the hair permanent that was given to Aunt Mama, that wasn't good enough for the logo. Because remember, she used to have a rag, then they changed it to a perm. But that wasn't good enough for the logo. The new generation, they wanted the whole name changed. Now, what you grew up on as Andrew Mama is now known as a Pearl Milling Company. Next one, Uncle Ben's rights. Now, I am glad that they removed his face. So, Uncle Ben's rights is now Ben's, nat- uh, Ben's original. Hmm. Next one, good old Dr. Seuss. Glow Dr. Seuss has six books removed from further print. Because if it was racist, here's another one. Hasbro, the toy company, Hasbro, is removing the word Mr. from Mr. Potato Head for gender neutral folks. Now, even though to some people this is important, but do you see how we're coming unglued? We've taken things too far. It's not gonna stop. I'm telling you, it's not gonna stop. People say, "Oh, we just want a little um, satisfaction. We want, you know, some equal billing. We want this. We want some racist to be taken down." So if five people think something is racist, they can get on Twitter, complain about it. And these multi-billion dollar companies will say, Oh, we're sorry we offended you. Okay, we'll get rid of this, we'll get rid of that. We'll get rid of this and that. And they're the ones that's going to want to lose the money. Well, now I want to get political about it. But I'm telling you, this is all the devil's plan. To bring businesses down. Make people keep fighting against each other. Have a lot of confusion in the country. And in the world, that's his job. Now let no one fool you. The root cause of all this is sin. It's not crooked Washington, D.C. It's not the white man. It's not the black man. Or immigrants. After all, technically speaking, we're all foreigners on Native American land. No, these are not the things. These are just the things that we blame. Oh, it's the white man's fault. Oh, it's black people's fault. Oh, it's all these immigrants coming over here. We we just keep blaming stuff on people. That's not it. That's not the root cause. Those elements of blame 
or the continued denial of sin that we've all committed over the years. It holds back to the sin that has been committed and the sin of leaving God. Why does Washington, D.C. stay crooked? Sin. How come the black man blames white America for almost anything that goes wrong? The sin of oppressive slavery. Sin. And he's not getting over it. Well, you don't have to get over it, but you got to move on. You never get over it, but you do have to move on. Why do folks blame black people for almost everything that goes wrong? The sin of using a scapegoat. Sin. Why do folks blame immigrants for the loss of jobs? Which some spoiled bright Americans refuse to take in the first place? Once again, the scapegoat technique. Sin. Boy, am I glad those grew from Lord, I tell you. Alright, here's 2 Corinthians chapter 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 of the NLT. This is the saints. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changing this glorious image. So you see, we go from glory to glory. As in other words, we're being constantly changed into the image of Jesus Christ. Those who are born again have had the veil removed. In other words, they, not, they can see further than the white man, the black man, the immigrants. They can see further than that. They understand that there's something else behind that causing people to hate each other. But some people have limited vision. And if you're, especially if you're not saved, you do have limited vision. All you see is this person against that person. And this person against that person. And all you see is people not getting along. But those who get into the world understand that there's something behind that. There's a reason that hate is happening. There's a reason all that scapegoat stuff is happening. There's a reason slavery happened. And the Jews and the blacks and other nationalities had slavery in their history. There always for a reason. Because Satan loves confusion. And we're headed towards the end of time and certain things have to happen. And that's when those are some of the things that had to happen. Now, don't blame where we are in society or anything else but the sin that got us here. That's all that I was saying. If you got limited vision, you're going to blame Washington, D.C. You're going to blame black people. You're going to blame white people. You're going to blame immigrants. You're going to blame everybody else. But all it is is the sin that got us here. See, the blaming game started in the Garden of Eden, not Washington, D.C. Adam blamed Eve for being tricked. And then Eve blamed the serpent, which is the devil. And now here we are. See, if only preachers would preach the unadulterated gospel 
and people who were not called or sent by God at all would step down and get out of the way. There's too many people dying on account of the sins of the land. Yes, I'm passionate about this. We should be glad we're not spiritually where we used to be. The whole idea is to grow in the Lord, not go backwards. So, stay the course, saints. I say this even through a fiery trial that's upon me and has been for a long time, since at least 2016, which includes my wife's passing. Yeah, that was 2016. So that gives you an idea how long it's been. See, I keep smiling, and there's no easy answer or worldly solution. A worldly solution may temporarily work, but it's not what God has in mind for deliverance. You ever go through for so long that you don't even want to hear about anything temporary? You're done. You want godly results ASAP. But they don't come. We're not going to get through this race without trials. That's impossible. So I'm not complaining. But I am tired of this cocoon. I'll tell you that much. I'm not where I'm going to be. But thank God I'm not where I used to be. <laughs>